When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. Looking for another episode of the Steelers preview as we preview the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns in week 17 on Monday Night Football. Primetime. Hate those games. Nonetheless, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward. We've got a lot on the docket to discuss tonight. Let me bring in Dave Schofield, editor behind the Steel Curtain. What's up, Dave? How's it going, Jeff? I'm still trying to speak as best I can. There you go. He's toughing it out. If you listen to Stat Geek this morning, then you you know how it's going. The first five minutes, you think Barry White's doing the show, and then all of a sudden you realize it's actually Dave. But still, <laughs> let's bring in the uh, podcast producer, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? Hey, I'm actually having uh, Dave uh, record some stuff over my uh, my sexy time mix. <laughs> so I've got a mixtape from the 80s. And I'm <laughs> gonna have him go hey baby and like do some stuff do some narration i don't need to know any more about that uh, at all we'll just put it that way okay <laughs> so uh let's get right to uh let's get down to brass tacks as they say and this game coming up on uh, on monday night football at heinz field is is huge for a lot of reasons and if you didn't hear ben roethlisberger on thursday came out and spoke with the media and the first question he was asked from our buddy jerry bear the pittsburgh post because that jerry dulac he Say, so, you know, hey, you know, you're going to be calling it a, a career here. Is this your last uh, home game at Heinz Field? And Ben gave is, I bet, is, I would say, in my opinion, as straightforward of an answer as you would ever get from him. 
He talked about how they could still have another home game if they win the division. He talked about how, you know, there this could very well be the last game. So my first question for you all is, is this the last time Ben Roethlisberger will play football in Heinz Field as the Steelers quarterback? Dave, what do you think? Um, in the regular season, for sure. Um, in general. So unless you think they're going to make the, they're going to win the division and they're going to host a playoff game. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not a crazy scenario for them to win the division. They actually have an easier path to win the division than they do to, to, to make it as a wild card. So it's, it's not impossible. Bottom line is if he doesn't win this game, he's not going to get another one. If he does win this one, he's got a decent chance to get another one. Um, I'm going to say that it's it's likely his last game because there'd have to be a lot of other things, but for sure it's his last regular season start um, at Heinz Field. Brian, you agree or disagree? I know you've been very staunch with Ben's coming back, but after hearing what he said on Thursday, does that change your mind? It does and it does not. So because basically what a lot of people missed and everybody is misconstruing something and I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. Everybody's talking about how Ben is retiring. Ben said nothing about retiring. Ben, this is not the end of his career. If some team takes him, he will go there. It looks like Ben is going for what a lot of us are thinking, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to invite him back. If he gets that invitation to come back, Ben Roethlisberger will be back if he gets an engraved invitation. They say, yeah, we've decided we want you back. However... I do not see retirement in his future. I see the fact that he will be on another team next year. Before so you think- then you didn't listen to today's full interview. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> I don't believe him. Yeah. So who do you where do you think he would go? Who would want Ben Roethlisberger in year 19? Houston Texans could take him. You know, a team that's uh, auditioning, that bringing in a uh, rookie could take him. That's that possibility. But, you know, it's right now, you're not going to say, I'm going to go to another team right now. You don't say that. You ride this wave. In fact, this is the best thing. This is This is the thing that movies are made of, where he goes out on the white horse and he saves the day and, you know, temporarily. So I, I could just really see this being a great uh, great setup for the end of his movie. Now, he's not getting the Kurt Warner treatment, but in his own head, he has a movie deal. And all I'm saying is this is his hero moment, and he's going to take his hero moment, and he's going to run with it. But that's not to say that, like I said a couple of weeks ago, if you told me that, Brian, this is your last night on BTSC, and I still have some talking to do, I'm going to go somewhere else. Anyone that takes me or I'm going to start my own podcast. And so with that, I don't think he's retiring. So everyone's like, yep, he's done. He's retiring. You're going to tell me that if, if I go tomorrow and even if I don't go somewhere else, I'm going to go sit on the couch and Ben's going to sit on the couch. My gosh, he'll take it. He'll take a job at Arby's. If he wants to do that, you know, He's he did not say he's retiring. So everybody that's saying yes, he's retiring. I'm just saying that I don't think he is. And that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. And then that's mm. and Dave or I, we, we can agree or disagree, but you're entitled to your opinion. I, I personally think that 
you know, I think that Ben values only playing for one team and one franchise. Now he did make the comment about his contract saying that he's always been very loyal to his contract and that he has always said that he's going to honor his contract and that next year, as of right now, he doesn't have a contract, which is true because the voidable years, the Steelers could say we're done. Um, I guess to me, the only way he doesn't retire is if the Steelers say we want you back. And so we'll see, but that that's neither here nor there. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, uh, but let's get this real quick on the, uh, on the screen. Sean Manahan gives us $5. Thank you for the tip. He says, Ben's gone. Ben gone or Ben stays hashtag fire Canada. Bring in someone who knows how to scheme the running game other than toss sweeps that have no chance. Fix the line. Well, yeah, you, there's definitely some talking points there that we'll get into, if not today, definitely this offseason. But I want to talk about Ben for a second. Um, I, I said this on Twitter. You know, I, I recorded my Let's Ride for Friday. It's kind of start to process, like, this could be the last season with number seven at quarterback. And since I've been podcasting, I've never talked about another quarterback as a long-term answer other than number seven. Yeah, we had 2019, and we've had games where, you know, another quarterback's had to fill in this, that, and the other. But I want to ask you all a question non-Super Bowl memory. What is your favorite Ben Roethlisberger non-Super Bowl memory? Say, don't get, tell me this Antonio Holmes Super, Super Bowl 43. We get it. We're all probably going to go there. I want non-Super Bowl memory. When you think about Roethlisberger, what are some of the memories that come to mind? Brian, we'll start with you. Oh, wow. That is that is. You don't have absolute... to pick one. It's tough to pick just one. Just we'll, we'll throw out a couple there. We'll have some fun with this. We'll we'll just rattle off some of our favorite Ben memories. Yeah, you know what? His rookie season, he got against. It was either the Browns or the Bills in the last two weeks of the season, and he got knocked out and and he was being carted off the field, and he, I believe it was on a stretcher. They were carting him off, and you just see the thumb come up in the air and just like, I'm okay. And it's like, you, you, there was something about him when you saw that. And that was the beginning of us, the Ben, the Ben show, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget that moment. I'm like, there you go. There, there's our guy. That's definitely a good one. Dave, what about you? You said outside of Super Bowl, right? Correct. No Super Bowl. All right. Bowl then it's then it's the then it's the the most important tackle that the Steelers have ever had <laughs> in, in, in sure. that playoff game against the Colts. Yes, the the shoestring tackle on Nick Harper, right? Wasn't that the yeah. defender's name who had the ball? Who Nick, had gotten stabbed? I just got stabbed, Harper. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness for that wife, domestic stabbed dispute. Stabbed him in his leg. Yeah, it was his wife the night before. Oh, yeah. Yikes! But yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's a to me. Michael Beck and I talked about this on my on my podcast for Friday, and I said there's so many memories of Ben that don't even involve like a ridiculous play. I think about Haloti Nada hit punt, basically hitting him square in the nose. We all remember the Sunday night game; his nose is going like 14 directions. He continues to no flag by the way. Uh, continues to play. Uh, they win the game. You know, that was, I think that was the game, wasn't it, where he was like getting sugs off of him and barely shoveled the ball back to the line of scrimmage. To it, it, there's so many crazy Ben Roethlisberger memories where he's shedding defensive linemen as they come in. Brian, what else comes to mind? Anything? Any other specific memories? Man, just uh, there, there were just numerous things, and I would think just when he capitalized in Jacksonville that. Remember, they had he threw an interception and somebody 
just completely, I don't know whether they, uh, they completely held Ryan Switzer and he came back with another chance and came. They and could have called three game. penalties on that play. They just yeah. had to pick which one they wanted. <laughs> and that was Ben's last rushing touchdown before he had one against Tennessee. And that was a walk off. And then Basically, I think it yeah. was I think it was the week before or the very next week where they're losing in Cincinnati and there's no time left and he finds Antonio Brown across the middle and and AB does this dance and goes all the way into the end zone. It was that same year. Yeah. For some reason the the one of the memories that always kind of comes back is the Mike Wallace reception in 2009 against Green Bay. No time remaining, corner of the end zone. That pass puts him over 500 yards for the game. That was pretty much vintage Roethlisberger. Dave, is there anything else that comes to you, comes to mind? Well, we've brought up all kinds of good ones. Um, in the live chat, someone said it because I was thinking it, you know, um, the last time he played but didn't start, we had to come in off the bench for Landry Jones and, and beat the Browns. <laughs> Threw for um, over 400 yards, I think, in that game. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Actually, you know what? I do have one. And I was just thinking um, – Maybe 2013 or 14. I'm mixing the years up, but they're in the Bumblebees, and he throws six against the Colts. And I was in the stands. And the very next week, when they retired Joe Green's number, he throws six again against the Ravens on Sunday night football. Those, yeah, those 12 touchdowns were pretty remarkable. Let me ask you all this question about Ben before we kind of go into the upcoming game. We all know that his game has definitely deteriorated. Father time remains undefeated for all athletes. Which part of Roethlisberger's game do you think has hurt him the most in the latter years of his career, especially in 2021? You know, you, you think back on all these memories, whether it was that touchdown pass to Mike Wallace, his ability to manipulate the pocket, scramble, shed defenders, buy more time, find players downfield. What part of his game do you think he misses the most? Dave, we'll start with you. Uh, it's kind of almost a little bit of everything, don't you think? Just that it's all kind of worn down over time. Um, it, it you, you put forth a great list there. I don't know if there's, you know, if there's, he, he really can't make that lateral movement, you know, just the one side step away from somebody and make that throw like he used to do before. I mean, even if it's more than one step, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. to, to just shed the guys. But there's so many of those, I mean – that would probably be one more than the others, but it's kind of everything. Brian, what about you? What do you think? Ben right now is a Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model that's going from a two-piece to a one-piece. And that's really, I mean, he... Uh, that, that's what does it, it mean? I mean he, <laughs> That he's means he's got to cover some things it's up. It's still there, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> the funny thing is that Brian said he's going for a two-piece to a one-piece, and that's all there is to it. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. What are you talking about? Well, Talk about football. When she's 50, she's not wearing the two-piece on the cover, and then you're, you're airbrushing a whole lot more. You're airbrushing so much more of Ben Roethlisberger's game right now. You've got to pare it down. Doesn't have the escapability that he had. The deep ball that was perfect, he can still throw it deep, but it's overthrowing and it's not as perfect as it was. But there's a lot of people right now that are going to still take Ben Roethlisberger. And if Ben Roethlisberger had a line, we're talking about we're we're talking about a first round buy 
trying to compete for that this weekend if he had an offensive line. I think it's his it's his ability to extend the play and even just the he was never a mobile quarterback. He was never uh even if you're talking about Steeler quarterback, he was never Dennis Dixon, you know, the ability to run. He was just a guy that could make a move. He was very athletic, still is really athletic, and could find those, you know, manipulate the pocket so well. He just can't do that anymore. And that's really hurting him. And he doesn't trust the offensive line either. That's clear as day. You watch the game, he's you can see like he, it's almost like he feels pressure that's not there because he doesn't trust them to hold up. So I think it's a combination, like Dave said. All right, let's talk about this game. That this is not just about Ben. There is a lot on this game, uh, Dave. Do you have the current lineup by chance? Because I, I, that's been fascinating to me. The line that Vegas's or books have put out there. Yeah, it's I. It's three and a half, is what I have right now with the over under of forty one. I cannot believe that it actually went the other way. I thought for sure, if anything, it would come back the Steelers way, but three and a half points. Okay. That's one. That's crazy. But still what's going on, Dave, you talked about this on the stat geek. I know your voice is going, I don't want to ask you to talk too much, oh, it's fine. but the, the playoff stuff, let's talk about what has to happen for the Steelers to get into the postseason. I know there's going to be people in the live chat say, Oh, Jeff, what are you talking about? The playoffs? Trust me. The goal for them, the players is still to get to the postseason and have a chance. So, this game means so much more than just Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. And in terms of the postseason, Dave, what are the Steelers looking at here? They got to win them both. And you can't win them both until you win the next one. So that's why this one's so darned important. They have to win this game. And then they're going to have to go into Baltimore and win there too. And they're going to need some help along the way, even with that. Because to win the North, then you've got to have – Cincinnati lose both their games. Now, Cincinnati is underdogs in both their games. And what's crazy is if you look at who's favored right now, even though they're one of the longest shots to win the division, when you look at the odds, the, the betting odds to win the division, the Browns in last place are actually, if you go by the teams that, if teams win the games, they're favored to win and lose the ones they're not favored, then the Browns would be the AFC North champions because they're favored to win their last two games right now, while Cincinnati is favored uh, to lose both of theirs. So is Pittsburgh and Baltimore supposed to lose one out of the two. That would put the Browns there. Um, crazy. So that's just how it works out. The Steelers, they they have to take care of business in both games, and the Bengals have to lose both their games. If that's the case, then the Steelers are the AFC North champs. If the, if the Bengals win one of their two games, either against the Chiefs or against the Browns, then it gets a little bit crazy. There's basically four teams that they need all of them to lose at least one game, or there's four other teams that they would need they would need more of them to lose both of their last games. Um, and they all, and, and the four teams just need to lose one game is more realistic. Um, and those are the Ravens who the Steelers would have to beat anyway. So don't have to worry about them. Um, the Dolphins who still have to play Tennessee and new England. And then you have uh, the Raiders who have to play the Colts this week um, and the Chargers who have to play Denver this week. And then the Raiders and Colts, sorry, the Raiders and Chargers play each other the last week of the season. If all four of those teams each lose one game and the Steelers win there too, then they're in the wild card. So that's the scenario, but there's nothing, nothing that's going to happen if they don't win this game on Monday. So Brian, what's your confidence level? When we're talking about postseason, we're talking about making the playoffs. Dave said it best. You got to win the last two. What's your confidence level? The team can get it done. 
I really think they could get it done because you have Cleveland that they're beat up and reeling. And you have Baltimore that is in worse shape than the Browns. And the Steelers are beat up and reeling. But we've seen the movie where the Steelers take on a team that is better than them in this situation or favored and especially favored at home. I love Steelers being home dogs. I am not completely worried about this game. You throw in the extra excitement of the possible last and Roethlisberger hurrah at Heinz. And you've got some excitement. So I really think that the Steelers can get it done on their end. And as far as everything else, you know, I do the rooting guide every single week. And you look at the Raiders and Colts, one of those teams is going to lose. You know, unless there's a tie. But that's going to happen. So one of those teams is going to lose. And then I looked at the schedule for next week. And they're all divisional games. And there is a way to sneak in both ways. Dave's absolutely correct when he says that it's easier for the Steelers to win the division because the Bengals playing the Chiefs, here's the thing about the Chiefs. If this was next week, if this was week 18 and they were playing, the Bengals were playing the Chiefs, I would say it's over because the Chiefs always tank that last game when they're when they need to sit people. They always do. Andy Reid's been doing it since he cost me back in 2004 with the Eagles by sitting people for two weeks in a row. Um, man, Don't I, even I, get started on 2013. I love, <laughs> yeah, and then, then the Ryan Suckup game. And so I've always hated Andy Reid for that reason. But so the Chiefs want to wrap up that one seed. So they're going to go hard against the Bengals. And I don't completely believe in any of these four teams as far as a true division winner. Somebody has to win it. But the Steelers have a pretty good good path if they take care of business and other business is definitely going to be taken care of as well because the Rams are are fighting and they're going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens so there's some really great games to watch so definitely check out that rooting guide and listen to everything that Dave's saying here because there's a chance this is not even a Lloyd Christmas chance this is much better than so you think I've got a chance no I, I wanted to add to that, that yeah, exactly what Brian says, just so people know, Kansas City going into this weekend, their scenario is to lock up the one seed, they have to win and Tennessee has to lose. So there's a chance Kansas City's not even going to get that locked up even after this week. Tennessee's one game behind them and, and has the head-to-head tiebreaker over them. So Kansas right. City has to stay sharp if they want that bye, which bodes better for the Steelers. Honestly, the most difficult thing that the Steelers have for this all to happen is what they actually have control over, which is win both games. Yeah, that is the, the man. When you think about this team, it's a roller coaster ride every single week. You, you don't know what team's going to show up. Uh, you'll have the, the Titans where the offense looks putrid and the defense has to get four takeaways to win a game. You have games where the offense seems like they're at least being, being able to move the ball yet. The defense can't stop anyone. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's look at the injury report. Now, this is Thursday when this is recorded, and we need to talk about some players that could be returning to the lineup that could impact this game. And there was some good news for the Steelers, but like I always say in the injury report podcast that I do, take the first injury report with a giant grain of salt. Things can change. You never know, especially with uh, one second-round rookie for the Steelers. But go ahead, Dave. What's the injury report look like? All right, well, the injury report, 
Presley Harvin didn't practice, not injury-related personal. The Steelers have another punter on the roster. They've got to keep him there because they signed him off of another team's practice squad. So they don't have to rush Presley Harvin back. Um, So that's not really anything to be overly concerned about. Let him take care of of everything um, with his father's passing. Ben did not practice on Thursday with his pectoral slash right shoulder. That's another reason why I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger wants to play another season because he once again is beat up and it would take a lot of work for him to come back to be ready next year. Some believe he might even need some surgery on that, even if he's not playing football. Um, once the season's over, he didn't practice, but that's not really any big red flag because this, even though it's Thursday, Mike Tomlin even said it on Tuesday, treat this like Wednesday. We, we they, they added their extra gay, extra day of preparation for the Monday game um, at the beginning of the week rather than at the end. Um, both Buddy Johnson and Kendrick Green did not practice. It's kind of surprised with the Buddy Johnson thing, how he showed up, you know, full, full limited last week and out. It must have mean that he hurt his hurt himself again guess, in yeah. practice, and now he's not good. And that Kendrick Green, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of Steeler fans that are that are fine with that not practice. That some of them actually want to see JC Hassenauer in this game to see if he can come out and just show a little bit of grit. Uh, Pat Frermuth, full participant as a concussion. Chris Wormley, full participant with his groin. Uh, Trey Turner, not even listed after he left the game early last week. And once again, we'll see if they get in trouble or not. No mention of TJ Watt, even though we know he's dealing with a rib injury. Well, Trey Turner, they can get in trouble. Yeah. Tomlin comes into the press conference after the game against Kansas City. He says Trey Turner left the game with a knee. And then next mm-hmm. week, he's just mir- miraculously not on the injury report. You, you just kind of wonder, at what point are you going to follow Belichick's lead and just put everyone on there and say they were, you know, the full participant, yeah. full participant, and then they're all whatever. I don't get it at all. But, Brian, I'll ask you, since Dave just ran down the list, which injury is most key for you and which player that could return might be key for you? Pat Fryermuth is huge. And I will say that. But I'm going to take a little swerve, and I'm going to go Chris Wormley. I think they need him back on that on that defensive line. I, I think he needs to definitely be healthy for this team. So I'm looking at Chris as well. I'll tell you, I'll give you a guy that's not even on the injury report uh, that is, I'm hoping is reinstated this week. And that's Mr. Kevin Dotson. Um, yeah. He's a guy that if they can get him back, he's been, his 21 day window has been activated. We all speculated maybe it was last week. They followed their trend of never letting a guy that comes off the IR. They do not put them in the, in the roster right away. So they treat things must be a little different. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I got it. Cause I got to throw in there with Kevin Dotson. Sure. Nothing against John LeGlue, who's filled in admirably, doing the best that he can out there. But when you take John LeGlue and you put him between Kendrick Green, rookie, and Dan Moore Jr., rookie, and John LeGlue, trot, you know, first games ever playing in the NFL, just, just without even watching them play, just think about what you're doing there. When you put Kevin Dotson in, the thing, and Jeffrey Benedict's pointed this out so many times, what Kevin Dotson also does is he he makes the other guys next to him better. Yeah. So, so rather than Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. having to help cover for John LeGlue, it's Kevin Dotson 
hoping to cover for Kendrick Greener, J.C. Hasenauer, and Dan Moore Jr. that are out there on other sides of him. That would make a big difference. It's not like the line's suddenly going to go from worst in the league to best in the league, but they might be able to improve a little bit with Kevin Dotson in there. No, you're right. And the Steelers did get some players off of the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, Marcus Allen, right, Dave, went off the list. Yes. But Arthur Millette went on. Yes. So his availability will be in question. Uh, Zach Banner remains on the reserve COVID-19 list. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Zach Bo- or Devin, Bush. Devin Bush is another one that we're waiting for and hopefully get to see him back out there. Go ahead, Dave. And the other two are guys that are generally inactive. And that's, well, one was a starter for a long time and then was inactive in Isaiah Bugs and Anthony McFarland Jr. Yeah. So keep all this in mind, but the Steelers can get Dotson, Fryermuth, and Wormley back. Again, it's not like it's some godsend, but it's going to help. It can't hurt for sure. Sean Manahan gives $5 a while back when I get this on the screen. He said Ben at his best could move, could throw, and could even tackle. To yeah. To describe yeah. Ben Roethlisberger right there. Thank you for the tip, Sean. We truly appreciate it. So the injuries coming into this, you look at the fact that the Steelers are home dogs on Monday Night Football. Which Brian, when did the Steelers lose last on at home on Monday Night Football? Is it nineteen ninety? What? One October nineteen ninety one. I was in a dorm room watching that game against the New York Giants. Giants. Oh my gosh! And, I mean, and it was. A I was in middle school. school. i'll just keep to myself here um in regards (laughs) of where i was (laughs) but so still i mean when you think about the browns let's talk about the browns a little bit brian you did the know your enemy podcast last night what what are we thinking about cleveland they're still a talented roster they have some injury issues i know that miles garrett's battling a groin uh issue and things like that but baker mayfield with his left shoulder is probably going to be something for the rest of the season what do we think about the Cleveland Browns coming into Pittsburgh and what, what kind of momentum are they bringing with them? If any at all? Well, now that hunts back, you Chubb is not on an Island. And that is that one, two punch. That's absolutely incredible. Is and he? they take, yeah, hunts supposed he, to be, back. well, he, he didn't did practice. Not, today. He didn't practice today with an ankle, but that doesn't mean he's not yeah. playing. Okay. Well, um, I, I know that he had returned from yeah. the uh, list, but, I didn't really check the list. So um, anyways, let me just uh, scratch that and just say the Sorry. running game no. is really good. He could uh, play. He no, just, didn't uh, just because he's out the first day of practice doesn't mean he's not playing. I wasn't sure what was going on with him. I just thought maybe someone else would know. So the guy to look at here, though, and we know how, how good and dangerous Jarvis Landry is, especially on third down, but no one takes – they have found a guy to replace OBJ – and it's DPJ, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. And a lot of these guys, the Andrew Wilbars and the uh, Jeffrey Benedicts who love Michigan, are just love this guy. And in the past weeks, in this season, he has become a deep threat, and he helped make OBJ expendable too. He's a guy that could really kill you. So when you're looking at those guys on offense – those are the guys to worry about, but also on third down, you've got a Harrison Bryant and tight end. David Njoku just keeps coming back. Every time you think that they're going to cut this guy, then he scores and kills you on a third down. He's tough. And Austin Hooper, I, I don't know what his status is, but Austin Hooper's on this team too. So they've got guys that are reliable pass catchers. They have guys that 
can take the the top off the the defense in DPJ. And then there's Jarvis Landry, who's reliable. It's what you have in Baker Mayfield. If how smart does Baker Mayfield play in this game? If he has a full complement of running backs, if he does not try to get on that horse and be a cowboy, and he plays smart, then you've they've got even more of a chance. Even though a lot of people think that this guy is god awful, he finds way, he he's found ways to do it. And last year, was he stellar on that January 9th game against Pittsburgh? No, he wasn't. But what he was was comfortable to protect the lead that they had, and he was able to do things and continue to pluck the heart out of the chest of the Steelers. So he's dangerous as well. You don't expect them to do a lot. This has been a down season for them. But just where there's pride on the line for the Steelers, and not just pride, a desperate team trying to get into the postseason, You've got a desperate Cleveland team that was the jewel of the Nile. Everybody loved this this team going in. They at draft they said they just won themselves a Super Bowl. They uh, everybody they were the darling of the offseason. They won the offseason for the seventeenth year in a row, and now they might they might not make the playoffs. And the Steelers could extend their season and end the Brown season. Dave, when you think about the Steelers situation coming off of that horrible performance against Kansas City and you think about um, the Browns, good opponent? Are you, is, that a, is this a game where you're thinking, ah, this is, this is just what Pittsburgh needs? Or do you think, I want to be careful here. They're a dangerous team. You don't know what you're getting from that team. Uh, that's the thing. Are you going to, are they going to be smart and take the ball out of their quarterback's hand, like Brian was saying? Uh, that would be the smart thing to do against this now 32nd ranked rush defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but so, in that aspect, you're like, it's not a good matchup there. But at the same time, at least, you know, it's a familiar opponent. It's a familiar opponent that you know what you're going to, to be getting from them. Um, normally, I would have said, yes, absolutely. This is the team. This is the team. This is the team. But there's one little thing in the back of my mind. and You guys know what that is. It was last year's wild card game. You know, if it wasn't for that, it would be like, yeah, this is the perfect team for them to be playing. But that you can't say that something didn't change with that with that game. Of course, the Steelers came back and beat them the first time this season um, in Cleveland. So if it wasn't for that, you'd be like Monday Night Football at Heinz Field against the Browns. It's all lined up for the Steelers. But I thought it was all lined up for the Steelers last year going into that wild card game, and it wasn't. So the Steelers just need to not – they need to come out and take care of the ball and just take care of business and actually play inspired football. But – Honestly, really, if there's a, at least it's a familiar opponent. Honestly, if, if, if I had it to, 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 to choose, I would have actually chosen the Ravens game this week. That's the only one I would have taken ahead of that one. Okay, I can agree with that. Let's have some fun with this. Sean Manning gets us another five bucks. Thank you, Sean. He says, can our team find a way to bring the chin, Coach Cower, into the locker room as a guest to fire them up? Let's have some fun with this. If you could bring in one person, a former player, because as we, as we all know, Ben Roethlisberger reportedly has said to – former teammates like hey i want you to come back if there's one player that you could say hey we want you to come in and speak to the team before the game on monday night who's that player brian we'll start with you 
Well, I like to go with Shane Falco from the Washington uh, Sentinels when I say, "Can we can we eliminate fictional characters, please?" Scars, <laughs> pain heels, and glory last forever. But if I had to bring in a Steeler, I would actually—I mean, gosh, he's a famous one. And if you could get him, I would bring in a guy who loves to talk and who loves to preach. And you can see him up there in front of a congregation. And it's Terry Bradshaw. Hmm. That's the guy I would love to see to, uh, because, you know, they patched up, they, they patched up their stuff earlier, like last season. They, uh, they did that. But if Terry Bradshaw came in to fire up this team in a locker room and praise Ben and have this team just all excited. I could see them running through walls. And so, I mean, I, I would love to hear that speech and get them all fired up. So you're going with the original TB 12. What about you, Dave? Uh, if there's one player you're bringing in to fire up the troops, who is it? Oh my goodness. That's so tough because some of them didn't end well. Like you would, I would love to say like Joey Porter, but then he, got fired as a coach for the Steelers or not brought back, I guess. Contract wasn't renewed. Yes. Um, or or James Harrison, <laughs> but that didn't finish out very well and, and things of that nature. You know what? Let's just, let, let's go iconic. I mean, I would love to say Troy, but he's so soft-spoken, but yet his words could ring so true. I'm going iconic. I'm going Mean Joe Green. So this is one of those where, you know, it's going to sound horrible. Do they have to be alive? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, if they're, if I can bring anyone back, like I would think actually Kevin green would be a tremendous person oh, to speak to uh, the team. Yeah. Um, if I have to do living, I would say, Hey, Jack Lambert, can you come out of the cabin? Come on down to Heinz field and talk to the guys. They're playing the Browns, Jack. Like they need you. Like they need you. And he wouldn't have to talk about Ben. He would make this all about kicking the Cleveland Browns. You know what? So that's who I would take. I'll take that. Okay, let's get this super chat up here. Chris Edwards gives us two pounds, I think, and says uh, no one no one will ever out-pump fake Ben. He's the king of the pump fake. He has always had a very underrated pump fake. I absolutely love that. That would be good. Um, some people were saying Brett Kiesel, Shazier could maybe come back. That would be a good one too, I guess. Um, I – you know what? I uh, I thought you were going to say Dick Shiner, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, I kind of disagree with Dave a little bit because James Harrison's completely fine with this team. And, yeah. you know, and he's he's on Facebook right now, win Debo's tickets and stuff like that. You know, they're, uh, he is fully on board with the Steelers. I, I, I would love to I would love to hear his speech. Reginald River says, don't bring Ryan Clark back. <laughs> <laughs> After all the criticism he's provided, I get it. I get it. Okay. Let's do some over-under. Y'all ready? All right. He, everyone's yep. ready. They're nodding in, a, in agreement. We're nodding. Okay. Approval. Yes. So let's talk about Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger's touchdown passes. I'm going to set the line at one and a half. Uh, this is really, we've really curtailed this as the season has progressed. Dave, over-under, one and a half. I think it would have to go under. Okay. Brian Anthony Davis. I'm going to say over and I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go over with two as well. Let's talk about Najee Jerome uh, Harris here. Uh, Najee Harris rushing yards, 84 and a half. 
Dave, over under. 84 and a half. Ran the ball well against Cleveland last time. Yeah, he did. That's what I'm trying to think of. You know what? I, 84, that's a good number, Jeff. <laughs> Every week I compliment you <laughs> for picking such such a good number. Um, let's go, let's go over. We'll go 88. Okay. Brian. Well, I think Dave walks into your house, looks at the thermostat, and they go, wow, 71. That's a great number, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else look uh, at numbers like that and think Steeler players that wore that number? <laughs> you know, like if someone sets the thermostat at 75. And, and yeah, anyway. yeah, absolutely. I just said on we recorded the uh, the pregame show, and I just said to Kevin, hey, best wishes for a happy 20 Najee Harris. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, no, and honestly, not... I, I, I use numbers from either Steelers or from movies or from songs. You know, like if or you, just yeah. If you call up my dad right now and ask what our neighbors back in Johnstown's phone number was, he will tell you Lynn Swan Franco Harris, because that's how we how we remember the last four digits years ago. And we do that <laughs> with everything. So did you say over or under or not? I'm actually going to say, I didn't say anything. I just said gibberish. Um, Under. (laughs) I'm going to say under. Man, I'm just not seeing it happen. And this is not an indictment of Najee Harris. It's an indictment of the offensive line. Um, I would love for it to be over, but I'm saying no. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on on that. I just have a gut feeling. Uh, Patty Fryer Muth receptions, five and a half. Dave, over, under. Under five. Okay. Brian? Over. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I see him, you know, getting two touchdowns in this game. I'm going to go over as well, but six, not not over by a bunch. Chase Claypool yards receiving 45 and a half. Dave, over, under. Um, I'm going to go under. He might get close, but he might. I don't know that he's going to have a lot of receptions, but he might have like two 20-yarders. We'll see. Okay. Brian, I'm going to say over. I see him as a superstar in this game. I'm going to say over as well. Let's go with Ray Ray McLeod targets. Ray Ray McLeod targets. We're going with five and a half. Dave, over under. Unfortunately, I'm going to go over because they say he's the only guy that gets open. (laughs) That's what Matt Canada said today. No, I know he did. I know he did. Yeah. I'm going to say over as well because somebody told Ben that Ray Ray is the reincarnation of somebody that has not died, but the reincarnation career of Ryan Switzer. And so I could see him get, getting 40 targets in this game. 40. <laughs> or it's just going to feel like it. Actually. Yeah. I'm actually going to go under. I think, you know, sometimes when things get publicized and pumped up that much, the Steelers will steer clear. Um, I would, I, I think James Washington is going to get more targets this week. Uh, let's go with the Steelers sacking Faker Mayfield. Faker Mayfield sucks. And I'm going to set that line at three and a half. That seems kind of low, but sometimes, you know, the Steelers are hit or miss. Dave, over under. Um, let's go over. I'll go four. What, what is the number that they're averaging? Do you have that with you? Um, let Brian answer. And I'll... Okay, go ahead, Brian. The number that the Steelers are averaging right now? No, no, no. Cleveland surrendering their sacks. Like how many sacks they've given up and what they average on a season. I know Dave does it for Stat Geek. That's why I asked. Yeah. Do you want me to make something up? I can't. No, no I wanted you to answer the question when I found it. You wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted me to answer what the he said. Have, he said, have Brian answer and then I'll get it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, David and Jefferson. Dave. Um, 
I will go ahead and say under. I could see him getting maybe two in this okay. game. I'm gonna um, before you say it, Dave. Before you say it, I'm going over. They're gonna get over four. I think they're gonna be all over him. Go ahead. Uh, Cleveland has been sacked 39. Their quarterback's been sacked 39 times this season. That's tied for 21st in the NFL. Um, for comparison's sake, the Steelers have been sacked uh, 35 times, which is tied for 18th. Hmm. There you go. Let's do Steelers takeaways, defensive takeaways. I'm going to set the line at one and a half. We know Faker likes to throw some picks. Last week he had four. Dave, what do you think? You set the line at what? One and a half. One and a half. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to hope. I mean, I think they need to get to four first, yeah, force some turnovers in this game and get the takeaways. So uh, I'm hoping they can pull in at least two. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I could see the easy baker oven, you know, whipping up some turnovers here. So let's say, <laughs> let's say three. I'm going to go over with two. Last, last one. Steelers points scored over under 20.5. Dave, over under. Well, is it, does this kind of tip off our predictions? We're going to go right into that after that. So I'm going yeah. under. Okay, Brian. I'm going to go over. I, too, am going over. So let's talk about those picks and predictions. We already said the line's at three and a half. Over, under, Dave, what was that number again? 41. All right, so what's your prediction, Dave? How do you see it playing out? Go ahead. Well, I laid out a lot of various things when it came to the Steelers Stat Geek podcast, some of which is saying I don't understand why everyone's still so, especially Las Vegas, is still so high on Cleveland, especially with their offense, because going back in their last 10 games – They've scored over 24 points one time, and that was against the Bengals where they put up 41. They've only scored over 20 points three times in their last 10 games. So, because they had the 24 points to beat the Ravens, um, who were not, you know, without Lamar, um, because he got injured early that game. And they put up 22 against the Packers, who were just, you know, trying to hold on to win the game. I, I still don't understand how they played that one. But they're constantly putting out points like 14, 10, 13, 7, 10, 17, 14. That's who the Browns are. They're not a team that goes out and blows the doors off of people offensively. Therefore, my prediction – and but hold on. i got to premise that. Neither are the Steelers. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Neither are the Steelers. So the Steelers' defense, they need to do what they need to do. They need to take care of things. They need to start improving those numbers because right now the defense, numbers-wise, looks terrible for the Steelers. But I'm going to say we have another low-scoring affair, and I'm going to go with the final score of 16-15 to 15 in favor of – I hadn't decided yet – I'm going to go Steelers. <laughs> I think if it's a close game, the Steelers can win a close game. Um, if it's a blow, I mean, I, I think the, the only way um, Cleveland's going to win this game is if they blow the doors off of them like they did in the wild card game and everything goes their way like that. If in a close game, um, give me Ben Roethlisberger versus Baker Mayfield. I don't care if there's a problem with the Steelers defense. Give me Ben Roethlisberger every time. You know, Sean Manning gives two dollars to Steelers nine, Clowns three. That's his prediction. Boy, that would be a boring game, but I'd take yeah. it if they win. I don't care. Brian, what about you? What's your prediction? I'm looking at the Steelers to win this game, and I always do that with hesitation. You know, but I've been right, I've been wrong. But this week I just have that gut feeling that 
everything surrounding this game with the Ben. I mean, Dave Schofield kind of predicted this last week that he would not be surprised if Ben made a mention that this could be or will be his last game in Heinz Field. But he was straight up Nostradamus on that one. And he's not taking credit for it. So I'm really, uh, I'm really, uh, I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he forgot that he said it because they usually take credit for those. So, but I just think the hoopla surprising it. I do not see a letdown in this game. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 23 to 20 in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. And Hey, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have some BTCers in the BTSCers in the house, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I know uh, you mentioned something big bro might be there, but our big, guys from the left there. coast are going to be at this game. The what Ian's talking about guys are going I, to I be I know Greg is going to be there. For this game. They're both Greg Kyle's is going Greg to. Is too? No, I... Kyle, both Kyle and Greg are, are going to, uh, they they sent their show in early because they are going to be in Heinz Field. Anybody wants to meet up with them? Oh my gosh! You know, let us know. Well, I've I mean, already heard uh, on from last week's show on what Ian's talking about that Greg is in section one oh seven something like that. He said about seventeen rows back, seats three and four. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. He'll be there with his mother. So um, that's that's, awesome. that's what he was saying. So I didn't I didn't know that Kyle was going. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they are both going to that game. So uh, yeah, BTSC will be represent. And you know you can't you can't disappoint BTSC when he's when they're there. So I want Dave to go and just sit next to Rich because that's always magic. Yeah, it is for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Sean Manahan gives under two dollars. Says nineteen ninety nine. The Browns upset the Steelers sixteen fifteen as an expansion team. Thank you for bringing that up, Sean. I appreciate that. No, um, I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. Uh, I like the Steelers getting points at home as a home dog, especially against Cleveland. I know that this team, the Steelers, rarely put out two stinkers in a row. Uh, They've typically bounced back after poor performances. I expect that to happen again. I think that the offensive output will be a little bit greater than what we've seen in in the past few weeks. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers 26, Cleveland Browns 20. That's what I'm going to go with. 26 to 20, Steelers win. And I I, I used to hesitate even having them close to 30. Now it's like, my gosh, are they going to score 20 points? I think there's a lot of field goals. I think the Steelers can move the ball. If Kevin Dotson can return, and if even J.C. Hasnauer is in there, I expect some improved offensive line play. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right. uh, Both of you have trivia or just Dave? Brian, do you have any trivia tonight? I actually have too many ones. All right. Well, go on to your mini ones, and then we'll get to Dave. That's great. Now tell us about your trivia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that being said, the, uh, the Steelers are facing, facing the Browns and the Browns have that guy on the other side that kind of plays a little dirty. His name is miles Garrett. And we've seen him strike before in the past. Well, the Steelers had an incident in 1976 against the Cleveland Browns with a gentleman defender from Cleveland body slamming Terry Bradshaw. What was that man's name? Did he have a nickname? Yes, he did. Oh, gosh. I, I've, I've heard it so many times. I just cannot think of it right now. Dave, do you know? No. I, 70s is not my, my wheelhouse. Joe Turkey Jones. Turkey. I was going to say tur- I was, turkey. 
was gonna say turkey leg or something. I was like, that's not right. it's turkey something. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. For yeah, my was... second one, we're gonna go back to 1983, and it was Terry Bradshaw's last game ever. And he threw his last touchdown pass in that game, I believe, in the second quarter. And it was a defeat of the Jets. They they beat the Jets at Shea Stadium handily that day. Who was the last person to catch a touchdown pass from Terry Bradshaw? In 1983. I'm going to go hmm. Stallworth. He was still playing. Was that the season he was injured, though? Uh, it was the season he was injured. Okay. Yeah, so, that's I why I, I was going to say Stallworth, but I thought '83. He didn't. He wouldn't have. That would have been a problem. Hmm. Let's see. Who else would they have? Uh, let's go. Louis Lips. Wasn't he drafted then? He was drafted after that game in 1984. Oh, he was in the. What's that? He was drafted in '84. Mm-hmm. I thought he was '84. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, that's that's way off. So um, uh, we do have somebody that has gotten it. And this was a guy who was a very good receiver for the Steelers. He was from USC. He doesn't get a lot of play as one of the great ones. But Calvin Sweeney caught a Sweeney. lot of balls in the okay. early to mid 80s. And number 85 was the guy who caught that ball. Nice. Good trivia. Good stuff. All right, Dave, <laughs> your trivia time. Go ahead. Yeah, my trivia is something I kind of mentioned on on StatGeek because I was looking at something and and thought, oh, I, this is really neat. And then I went, I, I changed my dates and went further back to find out that I, I thought that this was only going to be the second game in NFL history that was played on a Monday in the month of January. Well, actually, it is it is in this it, since the 2000 season. When I went back further, there's actually four. There's been four games prior to this one that were Monday night that were, and they're all Monday night games, of course. Monday night football, and they were all at nine o'clock back then. Remember? Oh, do you remember nine o'clock games for Monday night football? Ooh. Um. Anyway, um, that four four games before this one that were played on Monday in January. Now, what's interesting? And I'll even tell you what the games they were. Um, the, the most recent one, it'll be tw- basically almost 21 years when this one gets played since the last time there was a Monday game in January for the NFL. And that was the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings um, in the 2001 season. So it was January 2002. In the 99 season, you had the Atlanta Falcons and the San Francisco 49ers. In the 93 season, you had the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. In the eight, 82 season, Okay, we know why they probably still had that on Monday Night Football. Um, it was Minnesota and the Dallas Cowboys. There is something that has happened in every one of those games that has been played on Monday Night Football in January that'll be interesting to see if the Steelers or Browns can replicate. Any idea what happened in every one of those four games? I can tell you what happened in the 1982 game. And I, I could, I was in California watching this game at my uncle's house, and it was weird because it started at six o'clock there. Yep. And Tony Dorsett had a ninety-nine yard touchdown in that game. I was going to bring that up. He had a ninety-nine yard touchdown run in that game. You are correct, but that's not what the ultimate question of this, of hmm. the, that we're going for here. That it's, that's something that happened. I'll, I'll tell you this: over time, what's happened in every game actually happened twice in the game you're talking about. 
a pick six. Jeff? I have no clue. Yeah, he, you're, you're on the right track, Brian, but you're a little bit too specific. It was a non-offensive touchdown has been scored in every Monday game played in January in NFL history. In that game Brian talked about, there was two defensive touchdowns scored. And wow. um, what's crazy is that uh, Baltimore Ravens-Minnesota Vikings game, it, the final score of that one was 19-3. to there was only one touchdown scored in that game, and it was with less than two minutes left, and it was a fumble return for a touchdown. Okay, then you had in the game that was in 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 uh, in the '99 season, it was actually a um, it was a 70 yard punt return that that happened there. So there has been a non offensive touchdown scored every time two teams have played on Monday. In the NFL in January in NFL history, we'll see if maybe uh, I know someone earlier tonight. I can't remember who said that uh, the that they they predicted a pick six from Minka Fitzpatrick that would go right down, um, fit right into this uh, pretty cool stat that I just stumbled across. Yeah, that's a good one. As long as it's the Steelers scoring the touchdown, I don't care. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're not kidding. All right, so you know it's it's the thirtieth of December. Tomorrow is obviously New Year's Eve. Brian, do you have any final thoughts slash New Year's wishes to all those listening right now? I wish everybody a very happy twenty Naji two. It is going to be a fantastic year. That's what we've got to hope. We're going to hope that the the Steelers continue. Something's going to happen tomorrow, and actually at midnight that I'm really excited for. So I'm three hours away from season four of cobra kai and a lot of people have been wondering why i am wearing this headband because it's not just because i'm excited to watch the show i'm thinking about this game with cleveland coming in monday night to take on the steelers and i'm thinking of one john crease and one thing that he always said was fear does not exist in this dojo does it no sensei pain does not exist in this dojo does it no sensei defeat does not exist in heinz field does it no sensei so the steelers have to forget about pain they've got to forget about everything put on the pride and go ahead and let ben roethlisberger ride out of that game a hero in his last monday night football game his last primetime game and possibly his last game ever at heinz field now something that i do want to mention as well we have had an amazing time watching Ben Roethlisberger in black and gold over the years. The, the Man, they have been great memories. And Ben Roethlisberger was in a, a music video after the Steelers won the Super Bowl. It was by a group called the Poverty Neck Hillbillies. And the song was Mr. Right Now. Now, Ben Roethlisberger was Mr. Right for so many years for the Steelers. But let me just mention... Ben Roethlisberger in 2021 hasn't been what everybody hoped he would be, but we still had some great moments. I just want to mention these lyrics real quick. I'm not the picture of the perfect man, but in the words of Popeye, I am what I am. All I can say is I do the best I can. What you see ain't always what you get. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. I can show you a night that you won't forget. Well, I might not be Mr. Right, but I'm Mr. Right now. Monday night, we need Mr. Right Now. 
All right, good stuff. I will take the uh, dojo talk over your replacement speech any day of the week and twice on Sunday, by the way. Uh, <laughs> your Shane Falco garbage. All right, let's go to uh, Dave. Go ahead and final thoughts. Um, th- this is just one of those times. Remember, do you know why the Steelers are underdogs for their last two games? It's because when you really go and look at the roster, they're not a better team than other teams right now especially the ones that they still have to face. Well, depending, we still don't know what kind of rosters you'll see in Baltimore still. Um, but especially this week when you're looking up, looking at the Cleveland Browns. But this team can still bring it together and win a football game. That's, that's what they ultimately need, need to do. They can. The only question is, will they? They need to have things go their way. They need to come out extra sharp and do what they have to do. Um, um, I am going to, to remind you this. This was an article that I actually had out at the website today because I had mentioned it on my Stat Geek. And that is, if you if you just looked at the narrative and not the actual play on the field, and you look at the last two weeks, the Pittsburgh Steelers had to play the top two seeds in the AFC the last two weeks. And they went one and one. You know, when, when, you, when you sit back and look at that, then you're like, wow, they went one and one against the top two seeds. That's kind of what you would expect from a team that you would feel like is in contention on the verge of being in the playoffs, maybe or maybe not. So some people talk about, oh, this team's terrible. They shouldn't even be thinking about the playoffs. You've got to look at what ultimately comes out as the results on the field, which is the wins and losses, not the individual plays that get you there. They have to just find a way to get that W no matter what they do, but uh, I just want to also, before I go, thank thank everybody here at the, in our BTSC community, and wish you all a very happy and healthy New Year um, from Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah. get this up here quick. Sean Manahan, five dollars again. He said, "Remember the Titans? It's one of my favorite movies." He said, "Don't let them gain another yard. Blitz them all night long. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to bench every one of you." Throwing a dag gum in there, and you have Keith Butler giving that speech right there. <laughs> all right, so uh, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do, because you're going to get so much more content than just our YouTube shows. That's it. Dave, why don't you send us out? Do you think I'm going to be able to? I'm going to try. You ready? Yeah, try. Oh, yeah. You can do it. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> hey. <laughs> What a way to ring in the new year, everyone. Happy new year. Good Lord. All right. Go Steelers. We'll see it. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.